0: got a green light. It's good to see everyone that's made it back and uh, glad nobody left. If you left, come back. We'd love to have you and we'll just see how it goes. Let's take our Bibles. Let's go to Romans chapter 13. The title this morning is called Amongst Men Most Peaceable. Amongst Men Most Peaceable. Now, I don't know how many of y'all noticed this, but I put up little individual placards over top of our individual that is there, and the one we have been going to look at today has to deal with civil government. And uh, as I begin to think about the civil government, this leads into also what we see, uh, in particular what we have in our own congregations. We want to see how that our devotions, our daily walk, everything that we do needs to be focused around the Lord God. And I think about this particularly uh, this time of year because I see so many people that they want to stir evil. Well, the only way, and I said this to people a long time ago, if you really want to get rid of abortion, if you really want to get rid of uh, gay marriage and things like that, then the one area you need to look at is how are we a testimony in the world? It was interesting, I was watching an old black-and-white western, and I I love black-and-white westerns, uh, the morning serials, if you will, and one of the things that was stated was so many of the old towns tried to legislate sinfulness. They tried to bring into place things that were illegal. Matter of fact, if you ever go into certain towns in Georgia, you will find that they have uh, all kinds of uh, strange laws that are there. There was one that somebody wrote that it's illegal to spit on the sidewalk. And I thought, okay, well, I don't plan on spitting on the sidewalk. Uh, It's also another law was that if you leave your horse tied to a rail and uh, your horse deposits particular things out on the street and you don't clean it up, you will be fine. And I thought about this. How many of us have actually got a horse that we tie up on the street corner nowadays? And in fact, uh, this is a joke, but it's actually happened. It was down in Burnside, Kentucky. And in our little town of Somerset, Burnside, that area, there was a man who was pulled over by the police for riding his horse intoxicated. And, uh, you know, th- this was not too long ago. This was about 10, 12 years ago, if that long. And uh, he went before the judge, and the judge said, well, how do you plead? He said, not guilty, sir. He said, you see, I had a designated driver. He said, how did you have a designated driver? He said, the horse knew the way home, and the horse hadn't been drinking. The, the judge dismissed that case out of court. Because, after all, he said the horse got him home and that's all that mattered. Well, the reality is is that we cannot legislate the the conscience of people. Now, the reality is, we can put in governments, we can put in laws, we can do all kinds of things, but the reality is, is that if we are going to have a, a righteous society, it begins with a righteous person at the head. Let's look and see what. if I'm not right. In Romans chapter 13, beginning verse 1, it says, Let every soul be subject unto the higher For there is no power but of God, the powers that are ordained of God. Whosoever therefore resisteth the power, resisteth the ordinance of God. And they that resist shall receive to themselves damnation. For rulers are not a terror to good works, but to the evil. Wilt thou then be afraid of the power? Do that which is good, and thou shalt have praise of the saints. For he is the minister of God to thee for good, but if thou do that which is evil, be afraid. For he beareth not the sword in vain, for he that is the minister of God, a revenger to exact wrath upon him that doth evil. Wherefore ye must needs be subject not only for wrath, but also for conscience sake for the, for for this cause pay ye tribute also for they are God's ministers attending continually upon this very thing render therefore all uh, to all their dues to uh, tribute to every to whom tribute is due custom to whom custom fear to whom fear, Honor unto whom honor. O no man anything but to love one another, for he that loveth another hath fulfilled the law. For this thou hast not committed adultery, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear false witness, thou shalt not covet, and if there be any communication, it is being briefly comprehended in this saying, namely, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Love worketh no ill to his neighbour; therefore, love is a fulfilling of the law. And that, knowing that the time that is now that it is excuse me, and that now it is high time to wake out of sleep, for now our salvation near than when we believed it. The, right is, the night is far spent; the day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness, and let us put on the armour of light. Let us walk honestly as in the day, not in the rioting and drunkenness, not in the chambering and wantonness, not in strife and envying, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. Let us pray. Father, again, I want to thank you for your blessings, and I pray, Father, that you will guide us today as we study in regards to the things that we have in this world. I know, Lord, that we are always going to find people that want to be perverse. We're always going to have people that are going to have lust. We're always going to have people that are going to follow away from the things that you have established as holiness and righteousness. We read it in the Old Testament, how that Israel was established by you, and yet, Lord, we can find the peaks and valleys of their lives upon this earth. How, that, Father, that they would worship you and serve you and be dedicated to the temple, only to fall away and follow after false gods and gods of their own imaginations. And Lord, we are no less than Israel. We know that, Father, we have the responsibility and the right to fulfill the things that you have given us, but how many times we fail and that we don't even want to pronounce correctly the things of God. Help us then, therefore, Father, to be faithful unto you And all things. May we rejoice in the good that only you can bring. Help us then, Father, to be faithful men and women of God in all that we say and all that we do, that we might know your righteousness and your care over us. And Lord, help us today to understand Scripture. Give me the power from on high to preach the Word so that it may find place for everyone that is listening. And we will rejoice in your name, for it's in Christ we pray. Amen. One of the things that I have discovered is that when we preach, on the civil governments, we also are going to be preaching quite a bit on those that are in leadership over the congregation. Now, and I want you to understand this. The pastor is in a role of authority. The pastor has a responsibility to study. The pastor has a responsibility to lead in the Word of God. But it is the entire congregation that should recognize when evil is there and not be afraid to stand against the evil. If one man is required to do all the standing in a church, namely the pastor, then the church is going to fail no matter how you look at it. So it becomes the responsibility of the entire body that we begin to understand where we are at, what we shall do, and how we should walk. Now, what led me to begin to think about these things, of course, is as I was preparing, I was going to go into another direction, and mainly, I wanted to take a look at what was said to us beginning, uh, if you will, verse 11 says, And that knowing the time, that now it is high time to wake out of sleep. For now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. In other words, we shall see the fulfillment. Of Christ in our lives, either by death or by his coming right away. The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Now we're going to get into that armor of light. Let us walk honestly as in the day, not in rioting and in drunkenness, not in chambering and wantonness, not in strife and envying, but put ye ye on the Lord Jesus Christ, and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. I don't know how many of us look at this, and in verse 10 it says, And love worketh no ill to his neighbor, therefore love is a fulfilling of them all. When When I think of all of these things that are unified, and we bring all of this together, I have to look at me as an individual and my role and responsibility in the community. Now, I will tell you that the hardest part that I have seen, as I have been all across this country, is that there are people that want to empower You see, folks, please understand this. As long as you have a government that is not of the people and by the will of the people, but it is a government that is going to be followed after the will of individuals, then we have imposed upon us things that we know is wrong. Right now, the the great cry that we hear is, Well, they did away with abortion. No, they did not. They did not do away with abortion. The reality is that abortion was now taken from the federal level and handed down to the state level. And now it's become the responsibility of states to answer for themselves, how well, they will handle it. The state of West Virginia has now been caught up They're saying is, we're not going to do an abortion, but allow someone to step in and say, well, we, we missed that, you know, we won't we, we allow abortions, that's going to come in. The state of Kentucky doesn't allow abortions. Ohio doesn't allow abortions. Pretty much, if you go through the center cut of the United States, we don't see any places that are going to allow abortions. But in the extreme north, in the extreme west, in the extreme parts of the world, we see that they're going to say we are going to. What people are saying is, but. I Reality kill a child. The reality is, you want to a The reality is, that when we see these laws, we are the first ones to cry out, "It's wrong." We but it should never. Take away sent me a text and in that text she called me a, a particular name that I did not like. So the, she didn't mean for me to receive the message when I received it. I just sent it back and saying, well, I'm sorry you feel this way about me. And then I called my boss that said, I'll never go back to this person's home again and help her out. It's my right. But the reality is, is that, you know, even in godliness, we should always have a responsibility that we are above reproach and that no one can lay a charge against us. We are also with. Is that what is like what we see here in Romans and later on in Hebrews? These actually talk about certain laws or certain commands of God that says we need to do these things if we're going to have righteousness. Now, I'm going to stop there for a moment, and we're going to point out today three particular things. One is re- when to respect the law. Two, obedience to authority. And three, the honor that needs to be given. The first one we want to see begins with respect. And I, I, I think about this mainly with history and especially as we think about our own particular country. Now, I want you to think about the wilderness and how it was. And, you know, a lot of times, we're, in fact, we're starting to see even more people that are saying "Is well, the white man treated the American Indians poorly. I, I won't argue with that, but may I point this out to you is that not all white treated Indians poorly. But because one or two did this, it suddenly becomes a group of people that did poorly. we got to understand one thing. People came to America for one of two reasons. One, for wealth. Two, for religious purposes. So in 1607, when the, the town of Jamestown was first settled on the Virginia coast, it is interesting to me that the ones that came to America to establish that little town were aristocratic in nature, and those that were aristocrats had to be loyal. And yet, when they got, who's going to work? who's going to serve me? Who's going to? Work? And in fact, as far as I know, I don't know that they've ever found any major gold deposits. They found everything else that was there. But they didn't find any major gold deposits. They had plenty of food, but somebody had to go fish for it. They had plenty of wood, but somebody had to go cut the trees. There was plenty of this, plenty of that, everything that they needed, but they wanted to be served and waited upon. And it, and literally, they almost starved to death. They almost died because nobody we have the Plymouth Village, which we just finished our Thanksgiving, you near know, this past month. And when I think about this, there was one reason, and one reason only, that they left England to come to America's shores. And they came with a desire to decided that they wanted to come to America, and God saw Now here's what's interesting now think about the contrast in Jamestown people died they didn't want to help themselves in Plymouth people died of disease but in, out of the victory of coming through that disease came the desire to serve God let me say it again those that were in Plymouth had a desire even after so many died to serve God. They saw and emerging from only God. While the people in the south saying, Who's going to wait upon me? They had the arrogance, and it demanded that someone was going to take their place. But may I point this out to you that many years later there began to be a falling away even upon these shores? You see, many people began to feel their great need. They said, well, we're prosperous. We can get whatever we need. In fact, what a lot of people don't realize is that there were... Indians began to fight back against churches and began to fight against people that were no longer praying and no longer asking for God. Right. And literally, Massachusetts almost went under because they allowed the Indians to come in and battle them and fight them and kill them. And right after that came great revival in our countries. In the 1750s, there were men like David Brainerd, who was, if you ever get an opportunity to read the history of David Brainerd, go read about him. He died at the age of 29, and yet he went into the early areas of the Ohio Valley, probably the Appalachian regions, and he would preach the gospel. He would learn the language, and he would preach the gospel. And many American Indians come to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior because of David Brainerd. David Brainerd was engaged to one of the daughters of Jonathan Edward, who wrote the great, me- the great message, Sinners in the Hands of an Angry God. And that began to revival fire through a night from over England. is it? But then came the question, can God's people stand up against the magistrate? You know, it's interesting, and, and i got to say Kennedy was the one who introduced me about this. There's the uh, Broadway musical right now, uh, Hamilton, that's out there. And the guy who plays the king, or who sings the king's part, he, he does a tremendous job does a tremendous job. But the reality is is that this king whose name was George was a little bit off his rocker. And in his mind he could literally You've ever known this, but there was a group of people that were known as the traveling church that came out of Spotsylvania, Virginia, and they were so heavily persecuted by the church that men. I wrote his name down: William Ellis, Lewis Craig, and other men. And they decided we're not going to suffer the tyranny anymore. And instead of facing And there they began to preach the gospel. And along the way they deposited Baptist churches. And as they brought these people into place, there was one rudimentary element in them. They wanted to serve God. They wanted to serve him without being persecuted by others. Now we're living in a time where we're not receiving any kind of persecution. I'm not persecuted. I go in and everywhere I can stand up behind the pulpit and I can say I disagree with gay marriages. And people will suddenly get mad at me for, for saying those kind of things and say, you're a homo. like Satan is, tries to be one step ahead of God and one of the things that we find in trying to get rid of babies it goes all the way back to the time of Exodus and remember said if it's a male baby you throw that baby into the Nile River why because Satan knew the redeemer of the Israelites was coming Go all the way to the book of Luke. Go back to Matthew chapter 2. And what are you going to find? Herod was so upset because the wise men wisely went another direction and did not report to Herod where they found the baby or found the child. And when Herod had already dispatched his army to kill the babies, the determination was to kill the Christ. Revelation chapter 12 says that even the dragon was ready to devour the child as soon as he was delivered. Have you ever thought about why abortion is so big today? All across the world. Not only did America force their human and their wrath countries by saying, they also made this statement with Satan's direction behind saying is, I know the Antichrist is coming, and he shall be born, and I shall possess him, but he will then usher in holiness and godliness, and I want nothing to do with it. Something to think about. So when we consider respect, I want us to think about this. Respect means that those that respect the things of God should be respected. I'm not saying putting on an example of godliness. There's always people going to put on this example where they're saying, this, oh, I'm godly, I'm holy, I'm righteous. No, if we really are godly, if we're really holy, then I'm going to... A lot of people that are watching my every statement. They're watching my every word. They're watching everything about me to see how I will handle my life before their eyes. That's pretty amazing. If I do it right, I deserve the respect. If I do it wrong, then I don't deserve it. And God knows that I have done my fair share of wrong. And I pray and ask God to lead me and forgive me and watch over me. The second one is called obedience to authority. In verses 6 through 7, I don't know how many of you looked at this. Uh, 6 through 11. Look what it says again. For this cause pay ye tribute also, for they are God's ministers attending continually upon this very thing. Render therefore all tribute to whom tribute is due. In other words, taxes. Where taxes are due, customs to whom custom, fear to whom fear, honor unto whom honor. Do you remember that Jesus Christ said that if you have been if you have been beckoned to go one mile, go two. You see, even during the days of the Romans, this has to do with the Roman army. The Roman army could take anyone that was literally in a town and say, carry my. Own. I mean, it was pretty heavy, and they had the shield, they had the sword, they had the helmet, and they had been on the march all day long, they could literally it, compel one citizen to help carry their own, and that person had to obey it, or they would die. And so the Lord said, if you've been compelled to go one mile, go two. In other words, show them that you're going to respect them, and that you're going to do your best. Can you imagine a soldier saying, man, thank you so much for coming. No, no, let's go another mile. What do you think it's going to do to that individual? You see, if we are not willing to show... story to tell you I needed tires on the car you know down in uh, Florida and uh, so I said well we we'll are going to just take the car over and we'll put tires on it and because we were running on two donut cores that's how bad the tires have gotten and you know been sitting there uh, I, I saw this the sheriff car go by and I just pulled over for a moment I let the sheriff car go by well a little bit later the sheriff's car pulls in behind me because I passed that sheriff's car here's what the sheriff said, that seemed kind of kinky to me, that you would let me by and then suddenly come up alongside, so I had to pull you over I said, okay, where are you going? Tires on the car. And we started talking, things like that and and the next thing you know, I said, you know, my son, I'm I'm on my earpiece, so my son is listening to everything in the conversation, he goes, I want you to listen to what, what your grandfather's doing, this is the art of someone who is guilty talking their way out of a conversation out of out of it out of a fine but what was interesting is when i finished i told the sergeant that pulled me over thank you for everything you do and i said can i pray for you is there anything i could pray with you about let me let me tell you something guys if there's one thing i have learned we don't offer enough prayer over individuals. Whether they're officers, whether they're magistrates, whether they're doctors. And I want to offer a prayer with them because they've got a hard job to do. And that sergeant looked at me and she said, would you pray not only for me, but all of my, my fellow police officers for safety? And right then and there, I prayed for them. Now, here's the funny part. Right at the beginning, I reached out my hand, and she wouldn't shake my hand. We did a fist bump. At the very end, I said, I want to thank you for all you did. And this time, she shook my hand. Do you realize, all across our country, people are burning down bridges, they're burning cars, they're burning cities, they're burning everything they can, and they're showing disrespect to police officers our police officers need our prayers. Let me ask you this. When was the last time you withheld your prayers over a president, over a senator, over a congressman, over a mayor, over a city councilman, over over, over the uh, governor, or anybody else because you disagree with them? Then you're not really praying for them. You're only praying for them as it meets your need. And let me show you what I'm saying this. Look at verse 8. Oh, owe oh, no man anything but to love one another. You're going to disagree with me from time to time as I open up the Word of God and I expect you to disagree with me. But the reality is is that if I do my job and if I preach to you the fulfillment of the Word of God, then the underlying thing should not be I'm trying to expose your sins but I'm showing you love. Look what it says. For he that loveth another hath fulfilled the law. Now, I will tell you this. I travel much faster than the speed limit. We can strike that out of this video if we can. (laughs) I travel much faster than the speed limit. And every time I get pulled over, I deserve it. But how many times have I ever been ugly to a police officer because they pulled me over? Ow. And I th- and I always tell them, I say, "Well, you caught me this time." And as soon as I tell them that, normally, and so what do you mean? I said, "Well, I know I'm guilty." I said, "I'm sorry. I was in a hurry, and I, I was blind." In fact, I'm going to to share this with you. I was in California one time, and California had just passed the law that you had to have an earpiece in calling. My earpiece died, and I had to finish the call. And while I'm on the phone, this police officer saw me and pulled me over. And when he pulled me over, I said, I am so sorry, I had to finish this call. And I started crying. He said, are you okay? I said, I'm fine. I said, I'm fine. I said, I hate this law. And he looked at me and he said, we hate this law too. And he said, but are you okay? I said, I'm fine. And I said, can I pray for you, officer? And he said, you want to pray for me even though I pulled you over? I said, why wouldn't I? Why wouldn't I? You have a hard job to do. And I said, I respect you. I remember many years ago, right down our street, we lived on, on Charlie Creek, you know, there on Charlie Creek. You remember Janice where we used to live? And just down the road was Jack Witt. I mean, if you've never met Jack, of course I think he's gone home to be with the Lord. But I remember Jack, he used to scare me to death when I would see his Plymouth parked with the big bubblegum lights on the top of that car. But every opportunity I had, I asked Jack to come to church with us. Many years later, I was invited to go preach in South Shore, Kentucky, and leading the music was none other than Jack Witt. And he stood up and he goes, I want you to listen to this young man today. As he preaches, he said years ago, he was not... wait for him to leave, and now I'm saved, and I owe it all to that snotty little brat for inviting me to church. You see, I loved Jack. I loved him then. I love him now and if he's in eternity God shows his love to him every hour every moment every second do you realize if I hated him I would have never invited him to church if I hated him I would have never respected him for this shalt thou not commit adultery. Thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not bear false witness. Thou shalt not covet. And if there is any other commandment, it is briefly comprehended in this, namely, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. And do you know what that is? That's called the Ten Commandments. You know what really bothers me is so many people say, well, there's no Somebody drive the, brain. the reality is, is that if I am to bring civil authority, I have to begin right here, not on- says again love in verse 10 is the answer finally in the last few minutes we have we need to honor and show honor with those that are in authority let's take our bibles let's go to hebrews chapter 13 hebrews chapter 13 paul is i believe that paul is the writer of the book of hebrews And he's getting ready to finish up this masterpiece in which he he exposes the way unto Christ and why Christ is our brother. Look what it says in verse 1. It says, Let brotherly love continue. Be not forgetful to entertain strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unawares. Remember them that are in bonds, as bound with them, and them which suffer adversely as being yourselves also in the body. Let me just stop there for a moment. I thought it was really a, a terrible thing. And I'll say it to you publicly. We had one person that broke the law of another government, and that person was put in jail, and we exchanged that person for a killer. And somehow that was an even trade. while people of honor are still behind bars in that same country? Where is the honor? Have we, rede- have we redefined what is honorable and what's not? Oh, let me tell you something, folks. If, if you went with me to just some of the places that I, I work around every day, I smell meth, I smell, you know, I have people that are on OxyCard or they're on everything else under the sun. They're on marijuana. And they try to mask it. And they don't see anything wrong with it. And so instead of enforcing the law, we've excused the law and put me at harm's way. How sad. Do you realize we are, in the public that we live in, we have more people probably on welfare than working. And yet, what's the announcement we have? Well, they can't help themselves. Yes, they can. Yes, they can. Marriage is honorable in all. I had someone ask me one time, well, why are you performing this wedding? Because marriage is honorable in all. Well, I wouldn't perform that wedding, and that's why they're going to live together, and that's honorable. You answer that. And the bed undefiled, but mongers and adulterers God will judge. Let your conversation be without covetousness, and be content with such things as you have, for yes, death, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Pay particular attention to verse six. And it says, So that we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what men shall do unto me. Remember them which have the rule over you who have spoken unto you the word of God, whose faith follow, considering the end of their conversation. If I am truly an honorable man of God, then I'm not going to be afraid to take my Bible, to take somebody's hand, and to pray with them. If I am going to be a truly honorable man of God, then everything I do should be an example of Christ in me. You see, one of the reasons that we don't really pay, or that we don't really pay a particular attention to the things of God, is because we have determined in our mind, "I don't have to." Let me tell you something. It's time to get back to the rudimentary values that have really been the refinement of America. Let's fall upon our faces and let's say, "God, lead me." How many of you would like that? God, lead me. You wake up in the morning and say, God, show me your mercies. If you wake up during the night, say, God, show me why you woke me up. I had that happen the other night. I was wide awake at 2 o'clock in the morning. I couldn't figure out why I was up. I don't know why, but I'm going to start praying. And you know who was on my prayer list? All of you. All of you. This church, that's honor. You have blessed me over and over and over again. I don't deserve the least of these blessings. And yet you give me blessing over and over and over again. Why? That's called love. And if we are to speak the word in love, then we will follow what God has given us, beginning with his word. Whether you read my devotion every day or not, no big deal. No big deal. But if I can write, and it really excites me when somebody else reads it that's not a part of this church, and they begin to scratch their heads and going, wow, I never thought of that then isn't it good? And maybe something that I write in the day is going to have place in the night. You see, we talked this morning about showing respect not only to civil authorities but even in this church. And I want to thank this church for the respect that you are instilling into the next generation. Outside that door is Gracie and Will and they're having so much fun. I had this lady the other day the doctor said when we were in Michigan because our baby cried they wanted us to leave the baby alone and put the baby in the nursery. She said, we can't do that. I said, well you bring that baby. I said, you come in our church services. I said, I got two rambunctious great-grandchildren or great-nephew and niece that they'll take that baby and they'll just have a lot of fun with that baby. And reality is, is that If we are going to enjoy the things of God, it begins to be with family. Let others see Christ in you and let the magnificence of Christ be made manifest in all things. Father, we want to thank you for the opportunity to preach thy word. I pray now that you will guide us and lead us in the conclusion of this service. Help us now, we pray, to follow closely after you. Bless as it has been presented. Watch over us now as we conclude in this service. In Jesus' name, amen. Brother Greg, I turn the services over to you.